Welcome to the Community Hotline, a place where everyday community members can be heard and share their personal experiences with the youth. I'm your host, Bob Fang, and today we have Brenda. Ah. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tell us what is, um, tell us two truths and one lie about you. Oh, two truths. Um, mm, mm, mm. Uh, I am not very good at directions. I am clumsy and I Love hiking. Made it pretty easy for us. I'm going to go with the hiking. <laughs> it's not there a lie. Yep. <laughs> You're right. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Uh, let's get right into it. Let's get into the deep questions. Okay. okay. Are you ready for, the, are you ready for the, the deepest question that anyone has ever, you know, asked you? Oh, man. <laughs> when you put it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I guess so. All right. All right. So the question is, what are three defining moments in your life and how do they impact you? Whoa. Okay. When? <laughs> okay. So, um, <clears throat> I was, uh, I think I was about 10 and I was in school. And I was an I was an anxious kid, mm. okay. And I tend to get uh, kind of sometimes locked up in myself. Like I can't move sometimes when uh, something happens or when um, in certain situations. Let's just say that. And my uh, teacher had uh, uh, thought that I had done something that I did not do, mm. and I, I was trying to defend myself but in that moment i could not i was just locked up in myself and i could not really move throughout the the, the whole day really i was kind of like going in and out being trapped in myself in a way mm -hmm. so um that kind of uh uh impacted me and in a way i think set the tone for the rest of my life so it kind of was reoccurring. So uh, I had to, uh, it, I'd say it was a defining moment because I had to always be careful that it never happened again. Mm. Or be, be, be aware of the possibility of it happening. And look at the signs all the time. Okay. Get what I mean? I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Oh, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into that, but I'll let you continue. Whoa, no, no, no. I'll let, you, I'll let you continue on the second one and the third one. Okay, so, oh my God, I've got three. Okay, second one. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, I, oh, this this one's good, I think. Um, So, my friend, when I was in college, my friend had asked me to go out with her. I've not uh, really had a conversation with her before then. And she was just like, she called me this name, a cute name, which I 
don't want to say because <laughs> it's embarrassing. But yeah, she said that and then she was like, hey, let's go. And we went and we listened to music throughout the trip in the bus. And it was um, one of the beginning, the, the first few uh, months of starting college and it was the first time that I ever felt like I belonged somewhere with someone and I felt like there were similarities with somebody. And um, yeah, and that kind of set the tone for my uh, uh, college life. And it made me uh, open up uh, more than when I was uh, back in school. Good. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Unicel. Do you know the place? <laughs> Unicel, University Selangor. Okay. Okay. That's where the king went. Mm, the king went there? <laughs> <laughs> the king in Selangor. I don't know. All right, no, so, we have, so we have, uh, when you were 10 years old, anxiety, college experience, feeling a sense of belonging for the first time. And was it the third one? Oh, third one. I was um, teaching. I'm an educator. I was, uh, I was an educator. I was okay. teaching in class. Uh, and I got a panic attack. Okay. And uh, I had to leave the class and uh, uh, go to the toilet and I just had to relax and calm down. And I, that, in that moment, while, I, while it was happening, I felt really like everything was out of control. But nothing was really happening. So uh, that was actually the beginning of something, a big shift in my life, I'd have to say. It was in my late 20s. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I had to... It's a big, uh, uh, it's a very important moment in my life because everything changed uh, after that That. Um, I wouldn't say it was the first time, but uh, the memory that I have of it is the most uh, strongest one. I guess I guess that's how I'd say it. So I had to. I realized okay, the realization of everything is going to change after this happened that day. That was mm. why it was important. Mm. Yep. What were you? Uh... Who were we teaching? English. For how, kids or how old were they? Uh, they were college kids. So oh. English for something. So I was okay. a tutor. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. So many, so many defining moments. I love that. <laughs> let's get into the uh, let's get into the first topic of the day then. Uh, let's talk education. Oh, education first. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, I mean, since most of your impacting moments happened during your, your education school years, um, can you tell us that story? Go deeper into that personal story of when you were 10 years old and, uh, and that feeling. I'm sure you're not the only person that experiences anxiety, you know, as a, as a child, especially, yeah. you know, in, in Malaysia. 
Yeah. So, um, well, I guess I'd, I'd have to start off by saying that I have always been an anxious kid. <laughs> since I was very little, since since I can remember anything at all. <laughs> okay, so in school, it was only... Um, uh, uh, it only worsened uh, because I could not cope. One, I could not cope with the environment. Uh, two, I, um, I, I, I couldn't. I was bullied a lot because I was a fat kid, so I was bullied a lot, and the environment did not help me. So I was uh, always anxious and had always tried to. Uh, you know, I was very mindful about it. I knew I was anxious. I was so used to it. So I knew I was anxious. And I always have to plan my uh, uh, presence or plan how I uh, navigate myself in the school environment. So I was not very good at school either. I mean, I was not very good at school as an overall, like learning or making uh, friends or just being in there. Uh, it was difficult. It was hard. Um, I didn't get good grades, uh, and my uh, uh, I, I didn't feel smart. My grades weren't good, uh, and I always thought it was because I was not uh, very clever. But you know what? I found out <laughs> uh, during my time, anyways. Uh, when I was still in school, the way we learned and the way we evaluated intelligence was based on examinations, you know? And there were two things they evaluated you on through with the examination. One, you how well you can rem remember things. Uh, sorry, the, uh, yeah, how well you can remember things and how well you can um, put them on paper. And I sucked at this too. I mean, I sucked at uh, memorizing information. I sucked at learning anything that did not blow my mind. I had to be really, really, really interested if I wanted to learn something. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Can you give us a, a personal story about, can you describe an anxiety attack? Like give a personal story about a moment you had this attack so maybe you can, um some warning signs for the kids who might be having one so they know what's going on because i'm sure it might be scary <laughs> oh know. yeah okay so for me my personal experience with uh anxiety attack when i was a kid uh or is this a panic attack so what would happen is i'd start feeling um hot on my ears and i'd start feeling uh hot and cold like my body would heat up, but then I would feel cold. Uh, my heart would race. Uh, I wouldn't be able to breathe. And I eventually I would not be able to even move. I'd be uh, like sort of trapped inside my body. Yeah. And um, I would not be able to respond to uh, questions directed to me or yeah. And how and how does your teacher take that? You know when she's. Oh, you see, that's the thing. Um, a lot of the time they thought I was just rebelling and I was refusing to answer. I was such a rebel. No, I was dying inside. 
yeah okay i love that and what about um how, how do uh how would you recommend children deal with anxiety attacks you know if, if their teachers are not helpful and they're in school and they're going through one breathe when it hits you the first thing you got to remember is like i don't know okay you got to become super aware of the fact that it is happening to you. Something is happening to you. You start getting into your body about it. What's happening to my body? What, what, what is my body feeling? Okay, but don't think about, at least in my experience, don't think about why it's happening. Just start noticing how your uh, fingers are feeling, how your ears feels, your stomach feels, and just focus on that and you breathe into it. Okay. Breathe into it, and uh, you let go. Whatever, because uh, you really need to get hold of uh, your physical sensations. For me, that's what helps. I, I disconnect from my mind, and I mean the things that are going uh, through my mind, like, oh my god, am I in trouble? Oh my god, is this happening to me? Oh my god, how am I going to answer? No, no, no. You, you, you stop all of that. Just think. Just feel in your body. And in the, when that when you do that, you uh, immediately kind of it, it already starts. You already start feeling relaxed. Uh, relaxed. Yeah. Okay, I love that. Any warning signs? What are your warning signs? What are the warning signs? Like triggers, I guess. What are some things that would? Is it different from every? Is it different from everyone? I think, or? So. I think it could be different for um, every uh, person. Uh, for me. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to breathe uh, with ease. Cool. And then this this kept happening as you got older, 12 years old, 13 years old, 15, 17, or did it get better or did it get worse? All my life. All your life? Yeah, I still go through it. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Any, uh, any... I guess, what would you say to your younger self, you know? Well, I'd say that even though you feel like you just, like everything is out of control and like, you know, when that happened so many times to you and when it continuously happens and you grow up with it, it just becomes so much of you. And the feeling of helplessness, the feeling of, okay, the this can be dark. I do not know if you want to include this. Yeah, go dark. Super dark. Okay. So Come on, kids when, know what's up. When I get trapped in myself, I um, there is a sense of doom. Like, you're going to die. Like, it literally feels like you're dead. And your mind can really... I don't know, in a way, it takes advantage of the situation and really tells you, you know what, you could actually be dead now. You're not moving. How do you know you're alive? It messes with you. It, ha it had happened. That's how it happens to me. And, oh my God, where would we? So, where would we? Why am I saying this? <laughs> oh, you're saying, like, what would you say to your younger self, you know, who's wondering, okay. like, is this going to Yeah, right, 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 right. So, so even though that happens, and even though you feel like you're dead, you're always going to come back alive. Like, that, you're not dead. 
and i will tell my 16 year old self that uh even though it that all that happens to you you still do some really fun stuff and you really do some stuff that you think you could never ever do and even if it's something that you're going to have to uh live with you're still going to do stuff you don't have to worry about it uh being taking away um great things from happening okay moving on to the next one which is when you went to college and you felt a sense of belonging tell us that story personal so experience so when I went to college, um, I I met a bunch of friends and I felt uh, connected to them. In school, I did not. I was also the chubby kid who got bullied. In college, I was not that chubby. And I kind of sort of got a little bit better looking. So people treated me differently. And it's true how people treat you when your physical appearances change. Okay, so... I re realized that in college and I suddenly became quite popular. <laughs> I was, it was, I was in disbelief at one point, but yeah, so life was good. I did a lot of uh, fun stuff, did a lot of things that I thought I would never do. Public speaking, I was trained, I was being trained to be a teacher. So you did, you had to do a lot of presentation almost every class. You got to go up to the front, which in school I would have never thought I could do. Yeah. So, and I really became someone who loved speaking in front. I loved teaching. I loved kids and it was great. It was perfect. So college was really fun and it really showed me who I really was. So college really, really helped me figure out what I'm about, what I can do, uh, the kind of person that I can be. Love that. Can yeah. you go a little bit more in detail about bullying? You know, can you share a personal experience on... Um, like, okay, so how they bullied me? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, mm, they... Uh, uh, they call me names, of course. Um, they tried to, uh, I was locked in a cubicle in the toilet and they wouldn't let me out. They called me names. Uh, many different things happened at different times. This uh, is girls? Girls were bullying you? Yep. This is, a, this is a Malay school or, a, or what kind of school is it? Yeah, yeah, it's Kola Kabangsaan. Yeah, that Malay a, school. A, okay. These are Malay girls bullying you or, or other No, Indian, Indian girls. Oh. Kai. Yeah, those those gangster types, you know, those like I'm the school punk type of girls. Yeah. Okay. And what would you how do you deal with bullies, you know? What would you tell your younger oh, self? At that time I didn't deal with it. I didn't know how to deal with it. I did not tell anybody about it. Uh, it, it was hard. And, uh, you know, you don't feel... It really uh, affected my confidence and um, self-concept. However, however, it made me a very empathetic person. 
and uh, it always made me look out for others that are younger than me or other people other kids that uh, were bullied even more and character building in a way okay what well, like but um what would you tell your younger self you know if you went back in time you know what are some anti bully tips anti bully tips i say tell somebody. tell somebody um, tell, tell somebody. somebody yeah don't keep it to yourself why did you keep it to yourself Oh man, I knew you were going to ask me this question. Oh. <laughs> so I have this thing. Uh I don't know why. Okay, like I said, you know this whole anxiety thing and panic attack thing, it had been happening to me since I was a very young kid. 6 7. And for some reason, it was something that I should not be sharing to anybody. It was always a secret. I don't know why. It is just the way it is. It's just like that. And um I just grew up with everything that happened to me. Uh, I must keep it a secret. Don't tell anybody. I don't know why. Maybe there was shame in it. Uh There was like maybe that not uh um I don't know. I think maybe I was scared. A lot to be scared of. Makes sense. Okay. Well, I'd like to a little a little bit more on the background of that. We'll I'll get to that a little bit later, but let's move on to the next topic, which is love. You know. What is love? Okay. Love. Okay, so to me, you know how um uh, it, like everything else the way you understand love begins with your parents mm. like for me uh, it begins specifically with my mother okay and and you don't learn what love is based on the things they tell you about love not based on the things uh, uh, the words they use to teach you about love but you learn to love based on how they show love right and um to me the way my mother showed love uh it was always about them first you second so the way my mother showed love to us was she always put everybody before herself and that's mm I don't know if it had been if it had worked out that uh well for me <laughs> that kind of love uh because when you do it as much as she did it's very deteriorating for yourself personal experience personal story okay <laughs> mm well i can't okay when you're always trying to figure out what the other person is feeling will they be comfortable with it will they be okay with it would they want it would they need it what can i do for them when it's all the when the focus is always about another person and you're always trying to bend and fold and always trying to uh, make yourself okay for them 
uh, it's just really not good for yourself. You're gonna uh, miss out on the things that make you you. You're gonna not understand about yourself. There are times where, I mean, I understand, I understand that love means, you know, it's not being selfish, but there is a difference between being selfish and taking care of yourself and loving yourself. And I think, I think young people should also learn about loving themselves and understand the difference between uh, being selfish and what loving yourself means. And loving yourself means that you understand or you take time to understand who you are, what are your needs, and um, what, how you want to be treated, basically, because you are also deserving of love and you should also be receiving love. When you focus on is on about other people in your life, you're constantly thinking about who they are, what they are about. Especially when you're young, you need to know. You really, really, I think, I think, especially in your teens, it's time that you, it's that time that you think about who am I? What do I need? What am I about? Is this comfortable for me? And if it's not, how am I going to, uh, uh, address this situation with friends, with family, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. Love that. What? So you mean? So you mean that your mom? Uh, I just want to clarify. Your mom put others first before she put her family first, or before she put no, you no, first. No, no. She put her family first. Her family and everybody else first before, before herself. Her. Got it, got it. So she put you yeah. first, she put your dad first, your sister first, before she put herself first. Mm. And what, what is... I really... Yeah. Sorry, continue. So what I realized is my mom is such a creative person, a very intelligent person. Um, she's very childlike and very fun. And But because she put everybody else before her, she kind of... This is my opinion. I feel like she lost parts of herself. And the magic that she had. She She's, I don't know, to me, she's such a magical little creature. And I see glimpses of it. And because she did not take the time to like, oh, you know what? Even with something as simple as taking the time. And I'm going to do this because this interests me. This is fun to me. I like doing this. Even by not doing that, she had lost uh, parts of herself. And as a daughter to a mother, it's important that you learn from your mother that um, you, you, you take the time for yourself to do the things that you love, that interest you, you as a person, as an individual. You give uh, importance to who you are as a person before you think about uh, who you are to everybody else. This is something, I don't know, in my experience, daughters learn from mothers. And it is important that mothers also um, demonstrate that. Love it. What's your relationship with your mother like now? Oh, we're great. 
She's my best friend. I'm on the phone with her all the time, telling her about the littlest things. And she's always like excited to listen to anything I've got to say. So I love it. I love it. What about your dad? My dad, well, that's a whole other story. <laughs> my dad, um, he's a tough guy, you know? He's like, uh, we bond over whiskeys on Saturdays these days. But growing up, uh, it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> Uh, we were, I was really mm, scared in a way. Uh, I didn't know how to connect with them. Uh, we didn't really have a great relationship. Okay. Yeah. So, Mr. Tough Guy, um, I know a lot of kids have trouble communicating with their parents. Um, you know, you as a child, um, what would you say to your younger self, knowing what you know now? How would you try to talk to your parents or how would you try to build a relationship with your dad if you were younger, knowing what you know now? I don't know, man. Even with what I know now, I still don't think I could have figured out. I'll be honest, I don't know. Right. That's okay. Maybe next time, next Saturday, whiskey, you should ask him, yo, dad, how would I talk to you if we were back in time? Maybe he'll share. <laughs> I think he'd, he wouldn't know what to say either. He'd be like, why are you asking me questions like this? Because <laughs> we're drinking whiskey. Duh. Now we think whiskey listen to Deep Purple or Bob Marley and we can like dance and all of that, but cannot get down to the conversations. We can sing songs together. But you can't talk together. At 35, I don't know if you want to put this in or not. I don't know. But at 35, I still struggle to have a decent conversation with him. He's so closed off. Well, I'm just happy you shared that. I'm sure there's people in their 40s and 50s who have who have tough conversations with their parents. Yep. How do you show love to others? How do I show love to others? Well, I'm a Leo. I like buying people gifts. So I buy people gifts. I give a lot of compliments. Oh, my God. I realized when I... Uh, when I, when I show love to people or when I like somebody, I'm like, I give a lot of compliments. Maybe I may have made people uncomfortable. I don't know. But that's just how it is with me. Got it. And how do you receive love? People listening to me. I mean, I don't, how I receive, how I like or uh, how I feel loved. I would say is when people pay attention to the things that I say and uh, get excited for me for uh, my, you know, anything that I'm excited about because I tend to get excited about things and I like to share things. And most of the time people don't care because <laughs> it's boring or something. <laughs> so when somebody makes the um, initiative or 
the effort to oh tell me more i'm like you love me <laughs> yeah love that. love that to be heard uh yep. let's move on to the last topic of the day which is going to be money what is money? money oh money money to me my relationship with money is like it's like having a crush on someone uh that you think is way out of your league like you're constantly like i want you i love you i think you're cute have me but money's like oh hey you exist i kind of like you too yeah i think you're kind of cute but nah i'm not gonna get with you kind of not my type you know that's how i feel money feels about me Okay. okay. Let's talk about uh, your your other um, experience, your defining moment about when you were teaching and you had the panic attack. You know, was that a career change, or can you can you kind of explain that? Changed my whole life. So uh, that that first the panic attacks are something that I'm so used to throughout my life. I kind of know when it's about to happen to me. I get into a, a, what's the word, flight and fright situation, which, you know, like I told you earlier, you get locked up in your body. You think you're going to die. Your brain says a lot of bad stuff. And, you know, all that happens. You you usually, because I was so used to it, because I knew it uh, since I, I understood what happens to me ever since I was a kid, I uh, always knew the signs. And I'd always be able to navigate myself through the, uh, situation very very uh uh well actually a lot of people didn't even know a lot of people that are really close to me didn't even know i had something like that going on ever since i was a really young kid so i was really good at it and i believed i was good at it until uh that day because after that day it happened again and again and really frequently and i could not leave the house i could not go to uh anywhere i uh, okay. losing control of your body while you're still wide awake your mind is wide awake you know you're alive but your body feels dead is a kind of helplessness that haunts you so when it happens frequent enough you keep feeling continuously helpless and you are in constant fear and anticipating when it's going to happen next. Um, and I was just, I couldn't go get through a day uh, at peace. I loved my job, but I could not do it. So I would go into class and a lot of, like, the moment some, uh, like, the students start discussing and uh, I was no longer... Um, like when you're speaking in the class, everything's like still uh, quiet enough for you to focus and do things. Like in my experience, that. Um, but when it got a little too noisy, uh, and they started uh, discussing among among themselves, uh, I I started I would start. Uh, I would start feeling difficult to breathe and i know i was gonna have an 
episode. And I'd have to run away to the toilet. And you can't teach if you run, run away to the toilet all the time. Your job is to teach. Your job is to be in the class. So uh, that kept happening. And uh, I didn't, it made me not want to teach anymore. It made me not want to be in front of the class anymore. And um, of course, I got, I went to the, I went to see a doctor and I was told I had ADHD, um, anxiety, and panic disorder. And some of the things that happened when I was younger, was also at play, which had put my body into a constantly heightened state, uh, which made me have panic attacks a lot. So it was a combination of things. Where are we heading with this? <laughs> So and 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 uh, where are you? What are you doing for work now? I am a freelancer. I started out proofreading and editing research thesis papers, and now I do content writing as well. Sometimes copy. Um, yeah, that's what I do. I write now, which I'm really happy. Would you ever go back to? I don't think I want to work for anybody. Like I need to be able to have control of how I, that I have in the space to do what I got to do. When you're working for somebody, you got to follow certain, you know, I don't think that works for me too much. I get overwhelmed and I get overwhelmed uh, and I have no control. I get into that state and nothing Nothing happens, you know. I mean, everything doesn't work out. Everything goes wrong. That's what I meant. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing. Do you have any last words? Tell people if stuff is happening to you, feeling something that you. Don't feel good about talk to people. Talk to your friends. Talk to your parents. Talk to your teacher, somebody. Um, be aware of how feelings feel in your body. Understand how your body reacts. Get connected with your body. Do the things that make your body feel good. It will help you feel good inside. Okay. And where can people find you? Do you want to reach back out and ask for help? Ask for help. Well, I've got an I've got an Instagram account. Um uh, can I send you Renee a DM? Yeah, send me a DM. I've got no problem at all. I really would love to help. Okay. Really? So Instagram is Renee underscore crash, right? Yeah, I think so. If you can, yeah, that that's the one. Okay, 
Got it, got it, got it. Um, just last final words. Um, if you are in the US and you are listening and you need someone to talk to, if you're going through suicidal thoughts, um, please text can't hear you. Seven. Sorry, oh. can't hear you. What did you say? Oh, I was just doing a spiel for the for the for the listeners right now. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I was just saying that if you're based in the U- U.S. and America, and you need someone to talk to if you're going through suicidal thoughts, um, and you feel helpless, uh, feel free to text home to seven four one seven four one. That is a national crisis hotline. And if you're in Malaysia and you need someone to talk to, uh, you can text or WhatsApp six zero one eight. Nine eight 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 zero five eight. That is also a national hotline. Um, and before I forget, um, all I ask is that if you're feeling generous and you do consider supporting the community hotline, you can send us some some funds at community hotline. Um, and that's about it, guys. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us. I hope you had a great time, and we'll see you next time. See ya.